the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time for the only radio show of its kind. Auctioneers of antiques. Collectors of cool. Veterans of vintage. It's the Donnelly Auctions Hour on AM560, The Answer. For the next hour, enjoy great information about buying and selling antiques and collectibles. And some interesting stories. Now, the Donnelly Auctions Hour. Welcome to the Donnelly Auctions Hour. Thank you for joining us. We are here every Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. And like I always say, unlike Seinfeld, the show about nothing, we have a show about something. Hi, I'm Susan. I'm here with Randy Donnelly. Yes, you are. We are the owners of Donnelly Auctions in Union, Illinois. We're just 60 miles west of Chicago. Hi, Randy. Hey, Susan. How are you today? Thanks oh, for great. Thanks yeah. for another great week at Donnelly Auctions. Tell us a little bit about what's going on. Oh my goodness! Well, you know we're we're getting ready for the big April auction. We call it our Spring Classic, and the merchandise just continues to roll in. It's hard to do a catalog, right? Thanks to our listeners on the show, a lot of people have contacted us. Thank you very much. But the Spring Classic market calendars is April twenty seventh, twenty eighth, and twenty ninth. And what happens on the 26th? Oh, big announcement. I'm going to hold that off for the next segment, though. <laughs> no, we already gave you that announcement last time. But well, well, what if they just tuned in this week? <laughs> <laughs> big announcement coming okay. up. Okay. Don't go anywhere. So, yeah, what what a week this has been again. And, uh, uh, you know, we keep talking about all the merchandise coming in and everything. We've been picking up cars, more motorcycles, mm-hmm. a couple boats. Um, a really neat old Switzer craft uh, wooden uh, hull boat. Right, uh, I saw that. What a beauty. And uh, my gosh, uh, even last night, uh, Mike and I, my brother and I, were, were out uh, uh, in Indiana looking at a collection uh, of great, once again, more antique phonographs. The phonographs just keep coming and coming and coming. All the collectors are getting to that age that they're, Getting rid of uh, merchandise. That's right. Well, that auction for antique music and music boxes, phonographs, is going to be in June, right? June 20th and 21st. So there's still time to consign any antique music items, even instruments, even vintage amplifiers, guitars, anything music-related. I even have a um, Jerry Garcia briefcase coming up (laughs) in uh, our June auction as well. So we've got some interesting items in June. But let's continue talking about April. Are we still looking to consign items for April, Randy? This is the last week. So if you've got anything, folks, that uh, you want to consign to April, which is one of our biggest auctions of the year, uh, we're still accepting, uh, you know, items like slot machines, uh, jukeboxes, pinball machines, um, antique architecture. I mean, we just picked up a couple great chandeliers uh, for this auction mm-hmm. uh, that'll, that'll be in. So uh, just really cool stuff. I mean, a- anything and everything, but we're doing antique toys also, one of the days in, in April. So, man. It's going to be a great event, April 27th, 28th, and 29th. Check our website at donleyauctions.com. We'll keep you posted when it's online so you can look at the catalog. We're working 
uh, feverishly yeah, on it yeah. um, this week, so we can get it online for everyone to see. But, but you still do have time, so so call or email. That's right. And it is a live auction, so you can actually come out to Union, Illinois, on any of those days. Uh, it's a Wednesday, Thursday. Well, Wednesday is the big announcement. Thursday, Friday, Saturday is the auction. Yeah, you're going to want to come to the viewing, I'm telling you. And That's here's right. the reason why in the next segment. That's but. right. Don't go anywhere. Then we'll also talk about later in this episode how to consign, what do you need to do for that, and then how you can actually bid at the auction. So we'll give you some more information on that coming up. But right now, do you want to touch a little bit on our May auction? Uh, well, I, I certainly do, you know, because, of course, May is, is guns and military. Right. And, boy, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about this time and time again, how, how much uh, uh, merchandise we, we already have, you know, great uniform collections and, and, and everything that's in this. But we are still looking, Susan, for more guns, uh, people that need to sell their firearms. We are the, the true answer for you. To uh, sell your firearms, we are, you know, FFL holders, which is Federal Firearms License, so that if you have firearms, whether it's one, two, or 200, we can handle these collections for you and do it 100% legally. This is what you want to do with firearms, especially today, is make sure everything you're doing is 100% to the letter of the law. That's right. It's all legal. We run everything through the ATF. Everything is registered properly. There are no mistakes that happen here yeah. at Donley Auctions with that. So once again, if you do have items um, or if you know of a friend in need, uh, so often these collections come about, you know, due to unfortunate circumstances. Uh, you know, normally it's a death or a divorce or, or what have you. And, you know, again, need something somehow to happen to help get these firearms out of your house. I mean, we, in fact, will actually come to your home. We'll give you complete evaluations of these items, you know, beforehand, before you make the decision. There's absolutely no cost for a consultation. You That's know, right. Our, our information, you know, we just want, we truly just want to help make sure you do it right. That's right. And I know there's been some talk in the news, and we're not going to touch on any politics about AR-15s, but we do also accept modern firearms. But we also want to also educate everyone that AR does not mean assault rifle. As we all know, most people listening to this show probably already know that. It stands for Armalite Rifle, which was made in the 1950s, and they were first used in Vietnam. And when Randy and I were talking about this, you had a great story about the rifles that they used in Vietnam. Well, you know, it is so funny because um, all kinds of companies help the government when they put out government contracts to make things like weapons and everything. And actually the Mattel company. The toy company? The Mattel toy company actually helped in the production of M16 rifles. Now, it's a myth that they made the gun. They did mm -hmm. not manufacture M16 rifles. But what they did is they made the plastic components, uh, you know, the hand grips and, and everything. And uh, they they actually stamped the word Mattel on it. They were proud of their work, of course, and they, uh, they had their logos on it. Well, so many of these guys, uh, you know, back in the 60s and 70s grew up you know, playing army and, and the, you know, that was common at, at that <laughs> right. period of time. And the guns they would buy at the toy store, who were they made by? They were made by Mattel. Now, 
they get to Vietnam, and there were definite problems with the M16 rifles, with them jamming and, and everything else. So these poor guys are, are holding these guns, looking at them. They, they see the word Mattel on it, and all of a sudden this psychological war game takes over in their, in their mind. They're thinking, oh, my God, I'm standing here with a toy. You know, and th- that was the, the feeling. So Mattel actually stopped uh, using the logo on their on their uh, uh, their four stocks and their parts simply because you know they you know they got some really bad raps first with people thinking they were manufacturing the guns right. and of course uh, all they were doing is absolutely patriotically helping the United States government get better costs on manufacture and everything, which so many companies are always out there to help. But Mattel was was just a champion in always uh, uh, helping out the United States government. Wow, what a great story. I love your stories. Yeah, Yeah. keep those coming. (laughs) But the other item I want to talk about, too, is that engraved Smith & Wesson we have coming up in the May auction that will be of interest to many people. You want to you talk know, about that? It's a I, I, revolver. I will talk about that, but as long as we were on the the assault rifle thing, I, I really want to. I say this all the time. It really bothers me that everybody, especially the news media, keeps classifying weapons as assault rifles. Assault rifles. I know. They are not assault rifles. It is modern technology. We should not be using the terms assault every time. You know, that's that's just a, an easy way to try to make guns sound so violent and so mean and, and uh, uh, with the unintended uses um, that they're not assault guns. They're modern technology. And that's what we should be calling those those type of weapons. I because agree. you could have called a flintlock rifle from the Revolutionary War an assault Assault rifle rifle. Mm -hmm. because that was the technology they were using at the time or a cap and ball rifle during the civil war, which are antiques today, but shouldn't we be calling them assault weapons (laughs) since they were used (laughs) in the time of battle? So uh, again, this whole assault weapons, uh, you know, a thing really AR-15 rifle. Remember that folks, but real quick, the engraved Smith and Wesson that we have coming up Mm -hmm. is, uh, as a revolver, a forty-four. It's a Russian uh, renowned engraver, Nimshki. It's a beautiful item. Keep an eye on that in our May auction it's at DonleyAuctions.com. It's an extremely valuable gun, and the the thing that makes it so uh, valuable is the the engraver Nimsky. He did Nimsky. phenomenal, phenomenal work on engraving weapons. And when you see this gun, it's it's, it takes it to a whole nother level. It's really a work of art. It's a true art. museum piece for anyone's collection. Yeah. So mm-hmm. stay tuned on that. Don't go anywhere. Coming up next, we have a special guest. We're going to be talking about Nickelodeons oh, right yeah. here on AM560, The Answer, Donley Auctions Hour. Come on back. called auctioneers of antiques, collectors of cool, even veterans of vintage, and they can introduce themselves. Thanks for listening. This is the Donnelly Auctions Hour on AM560, The Answer. 
Welcome back to the Donley Auctions Hour. I'm Susan. I am co-owner of Donley Auctions with Randy Donley, who's here with me today. Again, we're just located 60 miles west of Chicago in Union, Illinois. And Randy, I know we have a special guest here today, and I'd like you to we, talk we about do, it real Susan. quick. We do, Susan. You know, I, I'm, so, uh, I'm so proud of this gentleman. Uh, he um, came into, his name is David Ramey Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of Ohio, and he came in to help us. Uh, with Nickelodeons. We're selling Nickelodeons in uh, the April auction. and uh, uh, But, you know, these kind of instruments, after they've been moved, really should have a little tune-up and everything. And uh, David is the absolute premier expert with, with Nickelodeons, his father before him. Uh, but I'll let him uh, talk about that. But uh, uh, David Ramey, welcome. Welcome to our show. Hi, Thank David. Thank you so much. Hello. Hi, thanks. Thanks. It's nice getting to know you the last few days. I know you've been extremely busy, and we've had a lot of music happening in the auction gallery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. So, so David, you've been uh, uh, in the restoration business, I mean, pretty much your your whole life, haven't you? Your, your pretty fa- much, yeah. Your, your yeah. father before you, David Ramey, is internationally known, as you are now. Um, but... Uh, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about how you got started and and what it's like in the restoration business. Well, I got roped into it because I was the oldest boy of the family. <laughs> Isn't that how it always happens? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so we're glad, we're glad you did. Yes. You know, it wasn't a passion to begin with, but it became one. You know, uh-huh. so I can remember, you know, in the summer times when I had off from school, my dad would drag me in the shop and put me to work doing something, you know, mostly cleanup stuff. But uh, I... I Chose to work with them full time in uh, 1986, and uh, and, and, and over you, the family business. And I'm and you specialize in Nickelodeons yeah. and orchestrians. What what is the exact? Yeah, coin pianos and orchestrians, and uh, also band organs. I do them too, and a little bit uh, of everything. Anything, anything in automatic music. And wh- and what is the difference between a Nickelodeon and a band organ? I hear those terms, but I myself, after all these years, don't really know. Why a band organ versus a Nickelodeon? Well, band organs usually were not coin operated. They oh. were uh, they provided music at, at events like uh, you often find them in the middle of carousels and oh, just fairgrounds. Okay. You know, background music for fairgrounds, and mm-hmm. so they were always run by an operator uh, mm-hmm. and not you know available to the public to deposit a coin and to, to play it. Like all those big machines that we see at the San Filippo Estate in Barrington, Illinois. Yes, he's I mean, got a barn full of them. Yes, yeah, he sure, sure does. Yeah. The huge carousel that they they have operating there for uh, charitable events, and then all around it, big huge band organs. I got it. Yes. So, yep. so those were mainly fairs and and uh, other uses, not not what you would yeah, find in an old pianos, tavern in Chicago. Pianos and orchestrians were kind of like jukeboxes of the day. You know, they were the public's music. This was before radio and. Pretty much before uh, phonographs. So it was really state of the art entertainment in the say the the teens. Correct? Yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Up until about 1930, then they were replaced by radio. Wow, that's amazing. So now the the pieces that we have in in this uh, uh, coming June auction uh, that that you're wor- actually no it's these April. are in April. These are these April. are in April, <laughs> and uh, uh, these came out of a, a collection in Westchester. Illinois, and um, tell us. Uh, I see today you were you were playing that unbelievable uh, Seberg Model G. 
can can you tell me just a little bit about that uh, or tell the audience uh, what kind of instrumentation was in it and uh, just a little bit about it? Sure. The Seaberg G is considered the quintessential American orchestrian because it was it they made a lot of them. They were very prolific uh, model and a very popular model. Um, and this one was built in 1912, and it oh. features a mahogany cabinet, which back in 1912 was the premium cabinet. Most of them were quartered oak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that one, this one's got uh, two ranks of organ pipes in it, okay. violins and piccolo flutes, wow. and it has a bass drum with a timpani effect and a cymbal, snare drum, and triangle, along with the piano, which also has a mandolin rail that makes it sound kind of like a mandolin playing when that curtain drops down. Mm-hmm. And so people would come into either a restaurant or, or some venue, tavern or what have you, and put a nickel in, and this would, would play a, a song off of a, a player piano roll, correct? A paper roll. Yes, a paper roll. It's, a, it's not exactly a player piano roll. It's a special orchestrated roll because ah. of the drums and everything. Player pianos don't have that extra instrumentation. But okay. it's very similar, same principle with this perforated paper. And it was the popular music of the day. And, and uh, distributors would have route operators that would make sure that things were in good working order, would come once a week and change the role to the latest music. And that was entertain the public wow. up until, like I said, till, from the early uh, 1900s to about 1930. Wonderful. And then they started disappearing. I noticed, too, on this beautiful machine, the stained glass on the front of it. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Uh, J.P. Seberg, the owner of the company, when he first got into the business, he was more of a distributor. That's how he started out. In other words, he didn't build anything. He just bought pianos from other companies and, and sold them and found people to rent them from him, too. And, and he would place them in various locations and make money that way. But he got interested in design and went to the Art Institute of Chicago and learned stained glass design. Wow. So he was the one that first started putting these beautiful art glass panels in these coin pianos. And that was a big sales pitch. And his business kept thriving, and he ended up you know, starting his own company and could produce his, anything he could sell. You know, he, he sold everything he could produce. Yeah. They were the number one manufacturer in the country for as far as coin pianos and orchestrians. And again, they right here in Chicago, early. correct? Yeah, right here in Chicago, yes. Yep. You know, it's amazing to me how much stuff we still find in garages, in warehouses, and, and you know, and, and homes all over the city of Chicago and suburbs. It, it, it just never seems to end. Well, Chicago was a major hub of automatic music back in the day. Yes, there was uh-huh. several companies, Seberg being the largest, but there was other companies as well. Wow. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff still in the area. Well, I yeah. know you've been working really hard this week on these, David. Tell us about the condition of it. I'm sure it sounds fantastic. Yeah, the Seberg G is in really good working order. Uh, I don't know for sure when it was done because my dad didn't restore the, the that piano, but... Uh, I remember as a very young man going to the house and, and servicing that instrument for his customer. Wow. And uh, the Seberg L, which is the, one of the smallest uh, coin piano Seberg built, is also part of this sale. And that one was restored by myself and my father, and it was one of the last instruments my dad did restore. Wow. And that's playing really good condition, too. Of course, it was only restored in 2006, so it ha- it's not that old of, a, of the work that's been done on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other ones in the collection, 
I know my dad did a couple of the other ones that were in the collection too, but many years earlier, but they're all still playing pretty good. You know, with a little bit of tweaking here, I've been working this week on them. I think I got them sounding pretty good. Yeah, we really Uh appreciate Uh your help with that. They they sound fantastic. And and tell us, uh, do you remember uh, back in the day in Chicago Heights, Al Svoboda's Nickelodeon Inn? Was that not an incredible place? Oh, it was. You know, it was, I, I, only have memories of being very young because, of course, they closed when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I vividly remember going there with my dad when he would go work on the piano's flow. Uh, Al's wife would give me a sack full of nickels and tell me to go entertain myself. And she made sure that I didn't put any of those nickels in my pocket before I left. <laughs> and, and for those of you who don't know what Al's Fabotis was, it, it, I mean, today it's just legendary. Uh, it was a literally a, a tavern uh, in Chicago Heights. That was just packed, packed, full of Nickelodeons. I mean, every wall just lined up. And people would come in uh, to play all these machines, and they didn't care that you were playing a machine. There might have been 10 or 15 machines all going at the same time. It was just fun, fun chaos. And Al collected everything, old radios, old phonographs. He had a very early television from 1927 behind the bar. And and Al was quite a character, and, and... Al is the reason my dad got into the business because my dad would go there, you know, uh-huh. as, as a patron. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, he had wanted to get out of his current position uh, as a truck driver. And he had played around with player pianos and restored one himself. He got one and fixed it up, went to the library and got a book and self-taught how to restore that and get it playing again. And Al was one night was asking around the bar, you know, if anybody knew how to work on these things. They started having trouble. And my dad sort of lied and said, yeah, I, I, I know how to work on those. I can make them play. So David, I'm going to need to have you hold that thought. I want to sure. continue on in the next segment. I want to finish that story. That's a good one. Okay. But I appreciate right. you joining us. Don't go anywhere after the break. I also have an announcement to make. Remember, I kept saying that. I haven't forgotten. You're listening to the Donley Auctions Hour right here on AM 560, The Answer. Listening to the Donnelly Auctions Hour on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to the Donnelly Auctions Hour. You're here today with Susan and Randy Donnelly of Donnelly Auctions. We have a special guest today, world-renowned restoration king of Nickelodeons, David Ramey Jr. David, you still with us? Yes, I am. Sorry to cut you off on there, but I want you to finish that story about El Savoda. 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 Yeah. Well, Al, uh, as I was saying, Al gave my dad a piano to, to fix for him. And uh, my dad, a couple weeks later, brought it back, and Al was impressed and gave him another one. And I'm not sure how many times that happened before my dad quit his job because Al offered him a full-time job there at the tavern to maintain all the pianos that Al had. Wow, that's how he got and started? That's how my dad got started. How Al got started was his parents uh, started the bar that he worked in uh, in 1908 in Chicago. And they moved out to the suburbs. I'm not sure what year that was, but only a few years after that. And uh, then during Prohibition, of course, all the bars were closed, except Al's father and mother uh, made a deal with Al Capone that as long as they buy beer from him, they could remain open and he'd protect them. Yeah, yeah, close. There was a deal struck. And and Al remembers, Al would tell the story of meeting Al Capone, you know. (laughs) Wow. 
Al would tell his mother, keep that kid out of the bar. It's going to ruin him. And it, I guess it sort of did. But so when it, after Prohibition, uh, you know, the business was thriving again. But then when, uh, you know, radio started replacing these Nickelodeons and, and uh, orchestrians, but, uh, Al became a distributor, a beer distributor. And people would give him a piano in lieu of payment for a barrel of, bill, a barrel of beer. So uh, Al was kind of a sucker for that. So he'd take, but he, he collected, besides pianos, he collected, like I said, old radios, TVs. But uh, that's how the collection grew. Just people would owe him money for beer and he'd take things in on trade. And uh, the business was thriving in the 1970s. It was a very popular tourist attraction. Sure. I, I just remember as a kid going there with, with my parents all the time, and it was so much fun. Uh, just chaos. When, when did the place close? Well, I think it was about 1981, uh, okay. or maybe it was you know, right around 1980. Anyway, uh, did didn't they move it one more time to the Indiana border? And and uh, they did. Uh, yes, that's what they called that Savota Juniors. It was his sons that were kind of put in charge of that, but it didn't last very long. No, well. no, it was sad. You, you know, you can't recreate a happening sometimes, and that, that's what it yeah. was. It was just yeah. that one in a million. Al Svoboda's Nickelodeon Inn. Wow, great story. So. I do have a question though for either one of you. I know we're talking about Nickelodeons little bit in this segment. Do all Nickelodeons only take a nickel or do any of them take a quarter? <laughs> well, that was a general term, uh, but they mostly did take nickels. But some in higher class places were set up to take dimes. I don't know about quarters back in the day, but uh, certainly later when they when you still see them in the public a little bit, like when I was a kid, yes, they'd be like quarter machines. Right. Yeah. Over the years, you know, obviously as, as they could get more money, you know, uh, they they did, and they they would change the the coin mix and everything. But uh, the last that I've seen is now when you find them at amusement parks and things where they're still operating, they actually have credit card acceptors on them. Of course, them. they do. Yes. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. And and it normally is about a dollar to uh, to play a, a Nickelodeon today when when you do yeah, find a, one in a public. Buckelodeon now. Yeah. <laughs> a Buckelodeon. <laughs> New term coined by one. Dave Ramey Jr. Wow. today. Well, David, thank you so much for being on our show. We really appreciate this information in history on the Seaberg G. It will be coming up in our auction April 27th through the 29th. I'm not sure which day yet. Oh, it'll be Friday night. That it will. We're going to do the big stuff on the big night. So Friday night, April 28th, you can look at photos. I think you guys even did a video with the orchestrian uh, this week. David and I did. So that'll be on our website at DonleyAuctions.com. Keep an eye on our website for all these great items coming up in April. But now make your big announcement again. You want me to talk about my big announcement now? Why not? We're talking about the auction. It's so big, I don't even know where to begin. Oh, ladies (laughs) and gentlemen. Wednesday, April 26th, mark your calendar, Sean Thompson, live at Donley Auctions for our preview before the auction. Sean's going to be there doing his show live from 4 to 7. Incredible. I'm, I'm blown away. He doesn't normally do this, folks, so it's open to the public. There is no charge. Right. We have chairs in uh, a seating area where everybody can come in and listen to the show. And might it's even an opportunity to meet Sean. Meet Sean, meet and greet. He'll probably even take some questions from the audience. I have to start thinking of what I'm going to ask him. <laughs> First, are you married? No, I'm kidding. I won't ask him Oh, that. boy. Here we go. <laughs> but good, we do want... Goodbye, Randy. <laughs> Hello, Sean. <laughs> you two are both pretty much on the same page with uh, your political views anyway, so that's a good thing. But don't go anywhere. Coming up in our next two segments, we're going to talk about how you can sign with 
how you can consign items with us for our upcoming auctions. We try to keep it very simple. And then we're going to talk about how you can bid at our auctions as well. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody knows. Sometimes they're very intimidated by how do I bid at your auction? We want to keep it simple. It's it's very easy to do. You know, when we started this show, I was always thinking in terms of, you know, uh, getting merchandise and talking to people about how to consign. And I totally forgot that so many listeners out there are also wanting to come to the auctions and bid. Right. Yeah. We're not that far away. We're against traffic going the opposite way out in the country, 60 miles west of Chicago. We have a preview again on Wednesday, April 26th. That's when Sean will be there. You can also preview the auction for our Spring Classic, which is Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It's a great items coming up, folks. Don't go anywhere. Join us after the break. You're listening to the Donnelly Auctions Hour every Saturday at 1 o'clock on AM 560, The Answer. of the Donnelly Auctions Hour on AM560, The Answer. We are back with the Donnelly Auctions Hour. Thanks for sticking with us during that break. We had such a great guest today, David Ramey Jr. Oh, my goodness. You know, uh, uh, David is an absolute incredible uh, person, uh, the the best probably rebuilder, Mm -hmm. you know, in in the country right now. And his father before him was uh, the, the legend. Uh, and David continues uh, that quality I'd like to work. know if David had any children that he's starting to train in that Ah, yeah, we didn't skill. ask that. I'd love I to know I if don't that, know the answer to that. that can continue on. We just spent four days with him, and I don't know we'll the answer. We'll find out. Shame on me. <laughs> we'll find out. And then but, I made a big announcement uh, for those of you just now joining us. Mr. Sean Thompson from The Sean Thompson Show on AM560 will be joining us at Donley Auctions in Union, Illinois on Wednesday April 26th, he'll be doing his show live from 4 to 7. I'm still blown away that Sean's going to come out. He'll do a little meet and greet. It's open to the public. We'll have plenty of room for everybody to come out on Wednesday, April 26th. We're very excited to have Sean with us, aren't you? Yeah, right during the April auction, uh, one of our biggest premier auctions. So, so uh, again, it's a great showcase for us if you'd like to see. You know, we keep asking you to, uh, to consign with us, but we'd love for you to see the facility and, and get to meet and greet us also. Yeah, I mean, Susan and Randy are both going to be there. And uh, if you'd like to, to meet us and, and talk about any of your consignments and everything. But it's so important for you to come and really see the facility so you know who and what you're doing business with. That's right. We should do like a little like, antique road show at some point where people can come and have a table and oh, sit and chat with you about yeah. what they have and if it's a value. Because we can evaluate items. We don't necessarily appraise it. But we can give you a very good estimate if it's worth anything and then give you direction on what to do next. Yeah. But uh, be careful. We can't use those words, roadshow. I'm sure that's a trademark I'm sure name. it is. The Dan, Donnelly Auction Roadshow, we can call it. <laughs> no, you can't. Uh, I don't think you can use the words roadshow. But but we'll do an evaluation of our own. We'll come up with a clever name before the next show. And you know what? If it's still too soon for some people to get off dead center and make a decision on what to do with your collections, we have a second classic auction in November. Right. So if you can't make this April one, no worries. We've got another one coming There's up in November. More. It's another three-day, biggest one of the year. Even though we do auctions every month, all year long, 
those are our big ones yeah. that people fly in from all over the country to attend. They, they certainly do. So no pressure. Yeah. If you want to give us a call, we'll definitely give you more information at 815-923-7000. Give us a call. You know, I told you last night that uh, Mike and I just picked up some uh, interesting items. Yeah, you guys and, were in Crown Point, Indiana. Yeah, that we were. And uh, above uh, uh, some of the things that we picked up uh, is an old Coke machine. And we, we really don't talk much about Coca-Cola uh, uh, on our show. And we really should because it's such a big collectible. I know. And uh, Coca-Cola items, if you are a Coke collector, certainly turn up at our April auction. We've got some Coke uh, advertising signs. We'll have Coke machines and, and you know, uh, miscellaneous. But if you are a collector of Coke and it's time for you to liquidate. Right. What about uh, re- reproduction signs? Do those sell well? You know, they sell okay. They're but just okay. Uh, yeah. We want the real stuff, right? Uh, well, Authentic we Coca-Cola. Do. Yeah. Uh, because that's, that's what our customers are coming to us right. for. Yeah, and, and the best quality. Everybody... The, if you want to get really good money, you have to have the best quality. Right, and yeah. rare items that are not so common and hard to find. Mm-hmm. Remember that uh, 1933 World's Fair Coke dispenser we sold? Yeah. That Remember that? Set a world record price for Coke dispensers. That's yeah. right. It was a beauty. It sold for $35,000 yes. in uh, 2021 at uh, either our April or November auction yeah. it was. Yeah. but. Mm-hmm. World record, 1933 World's if Fair you've Coke got dispenser. got something good, it's going to bring good money. That's right. You know, uh, I also wanted to point out, we keep talking about uh, bars and back bars. Mm-hmm. And Big I, heavy stuff always. <laughs> well, but I keep referring to only saloon bars and back bars. You know, in this auction, we have an old uh, back bar that came out of a soda fountain, mm-hmm. which is totally different than a saloon back bar. It's beauty. You know, it's, uh, it has leaded glass and a marble top and, and so on. But also, we have a barber shop back bar, uh, a very fancy wooden uh, back bar, all out of oak and, and uh, beveled mirrors and everything. Those are a few items that, that we have. So when we're talking about bars and back bars, they don't have to be saloon bars. That's right. So if you have other types, soda fountain collectibles or, or barber shop, you know, we're still. Right. I know we even sold one. That is now in the San Filippo uh, Fragrance Gallery in Barrington. What ah. a beauty. The soda fountain bar is in there. That is. Uh, that's mm-hmm. probably the, the, the one of the crowning achievements that we've ever sold. It was a fabulous, fabulous uh, uh, so, uh, soda fountain bar and back bar. But all the cabinetry in this building that was uh, came from 1910, and it was just absolutely outstanding. Uh, the highest quality you could ever imagine. And, of course, that's why it's at the San Filippo Estate. Of course. Because it's the best of the best. The best of the best is there. That's right. So, again, mark your calendars April 26th to come see Sean Thompson live. April 27th, 28th, and 29th is our April Spring Classic. I'll give you more information on how to bid at the auction coming up in our next segment. And, of course, it's not too late to consign. Go to DonleyAuctions.com for more information. You can email us. Send us some photos. That's the easiest thing to do because we really need to see the items before we can take a trip out there. But we'll come visit you. Okay. And, again, I want to mention we're also looking for carousel animals. Oh, yeah. I saw a bunch of horsies on the floor. We we (laughs) have a bunch in this auction, so we'd like to add to that collection. Carousel animals, kitty rides. Absolutely. You know, this is a great auction. Now's the time to sell, folks. Give us a call. 
815-923-7000. You're listening to the Donley Auctions Hour right here on AM560, The Answer. Donnelly Auctions Hour continues now on AM560, The Answer. We are back with the Donnelly Auctions Hour here with Susan and Randy Donnelly of Donnelly Auctions in Union, Illinois. We've been talking today about all kinds of things, firearms, Nickelodeons, our April auction, how to consign. But one thing I saw, Randy, you haven't touched on yet, is that Cigar Store Indian I saw on our you on know, the floor out there. I, I did mention it last week on, on our show that uh, that this had come in, but I did want to point out that our research uh, in this last week now proves that this is uh, a cigar store Indian that was actually carved by the famous uh, carver Rob. And Rob Indians are just so sought after. And even though this one is not in perfect condition, this is a great opportunity to buy an extremely rare uh, Indian uh, cigar store figure, I will call it, at a very reasonable price. Because, unfortunately, it's not perfect. But, you know, what is after, you know, 150 years? Uh, So this is a a wonderful piece, though, and very, very rare and historic, done by an excellent woodcarver. And we know someone who has a cigar shop. (laughs) <laughs> Sean Thompson, you're listening. We might have a, a real cigar store Indian for you. It's coming up at auction on Friday because Friday's the big night. All of the really it is yeah. cars, motorcycles, all the big stuff is going to go up Friday night, so we can get more people there from the Chicagoland Coin Op Show, which is April 28th. Yeah, mm-hmm. cigar so, store Indian, but uh, always live. This is a, a big event, and it's kind of unusual to have evening auctions. But we do this so that people coming into town can visit both the coin op show uh, at Gray's Lake mm-hmm. and then in the evening come to our facility yeah. and uh, buy at auction. Wrap up the show, close down their booths. The dealers and the attendees can come out to our auction. I believe we're starting at 6 o'clock. We're also going to have dinner because we don't want you to have to stop on the way. Come straight from Gray's Lake to Union, Illinois to see the auction and participate. It's very easy. It is free admission. We do not charge you to come to an auction. And you basically come up to the front desk and we get your driver's license. You get registered, sign a little piece of paper that you've read our terms and conditions, and we give you a bidder number. That's it. Pretty easy. Uh, We have a very nice facility where you can sit at tables and chairs. It's very comfortable. We have complimentary beverages, snacks, and food throughout the entire week of the auction. And again, don't forget to even stop by on Wednesday, April 26th, to see our friend Sean Thompson live doing his show from 4 to 7 p.m. I'm so excited about that. It's really going to be a a fun, fun weekend. And as I've always said, our auctions are events. They really are. are They are an event. But if you can't attend, that's okay, because we can also accept absentee bids, which means you would just fill out a form on our website at DonleyAuctions.com and tell us what your max bid is. Okay, that's easy. The lot number and the maximum bid. Or we can even do a phone bid with you, which is one of my jobs at an auction, is to get on the phone and be your eyes and ears and your voice to the auctioneer when you're ready to <laughs> I bid. I think there's people that bid just so they can talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, 
I want to spend <laughs> the money for them. So our I'm secret good weapon that. is Susan on the that. phones. <laughs> that's for sure. So there's a lot of ways to bid at auction. Don't be intimidated. I have some wonderful employees who will walk you through the process. Again, even to consign something, if you're overwhelmed, not sure where to start, give us a call at 815-923-7000. Big auction coming up at the end of April. And again, we are looking for firearms, ammunition, and military relics for our May auction. May. Now is the perfect time to unload, clean out, check and see what you have. We can even give you free evaluations on what, what items you have. Absolutely. I'll come to your home. That's right. For now, thank you for joining us. Never enough time, isn't it? Never there? enough time. Donnelly Auctions Hour. We'll have more information for you next week. Thank you for joining us on AM560, The Answer. I'm Susan. And I'm Randy Donnelly. And, and we'll, we'll see you at, you at the, the auction. auction. Thanks for listening to the Donnelly Auctions Hour on AM560, The Answer. Check out all the latest information on upcoming auctions and collectibles at DonnellyAuctions.com. And while you're there, you can contact someone about buying or selling your collectibles or estates. That's DonnellyAuctions.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.